It's time to duel. I can't, you can't actually replicate that because it's not done by a human. <laughs> it's done by a machine. It's done by someone like taking the record and just <laughs> skipping it back. Scratching it, yeah. It's time to duel. That sounds cool as heck, though. Well, the students at Hogwarts are sorted into houses according to Whatever that shifty sorting hat says they ought to do I asked Dumbledore if I could be sorted, he said sorry Yugi! But I could get reported to the Ministry of Magic for incorrect procedure You're not a wizard, you're a d d duelist Hello and welcome to Sorted! I'm Alex. I'm JD. This is not a Harry Potter podcast. We just set a podcast about everything else we used to learn to Harry Potter. Harry Potter is inherently flawed and sorting even more so, but it's still fun to view characters in this way. Did I freak you out a little bit? I don't know. Is it April? Is it, <laughs> is it the beginning of April? Is What's happening? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's got weird energy yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> and it's time. It's time to duel. That's all I know. That's the only thing I know. You know, in uh, the sequel show, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, they don't say it's time to duel anymore. What do they say? They say, get your game on! Ew. <laughs> I mean, the show is called Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. Yeah. Like. Yeah. They say things like, I'm gonna throw down a face down! <laughs> uh, what are we sorting? We're sorting Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel monsters! And I get to do lots of Yu-Gi-Oh! abridged impressions today! <laughs> I, and I won't know which ones are abridged references and which ones are actual show references. That's completely fair. I probably don't remember the voices of the original show because the abridged series, for one, has been going on for 16 years or something like that. Wow. I mean, it's one guy who just puts out an episode every couple of years or so at this point. Fair enough. But to be fair, he's in the final season. That's impressive. Yeah. Godspeed to you, Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge uh, dude. Martin Billany. Billamy? Bill or something. Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged Dude. <laughs> Little Karibo is his username. Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged Dude. He's a really, like, he's he's really fun. Like, one thing that's really fun with him is, he, so there's a character, who's not on the list, who appears mostly in, like, the first season, occasionally here and there elsewhere, um, who's, like, an announcer guy or whatever. And pretty much every character in the Abridged series gets a catchphrase. So his catchphrase was, ATTENTION, DUELISTS! Oh. Well, I just realised that sounds a lot like his Yami voice. Oh. Uh... <laughs> And, like, based on that voice, he ended up getting hired to be an announcer with, like, a lot of actual Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments. Oh, nice. Yeah. Like... That's cool. Yeah. We're sorting Yu-Gi-Oh, the stupid Buckwild fucking anime. Alex gets to make fun of me today for being a weeb. But here's <laughs> the thing. I know it's shit. I don't really even fucking like the original show that much. I mean, I, I watched it as a kid. It was fine and good. It more became memeable because the Abridged series was so good. Sure. And, like made a genre of online content. Sure. I don't know anything about Yu-Gi-Oh. Actually, hold on. Let me tell you the entirety of the things I know about Yu-Gi-Oh. I was going to say, can you summarize the show for us based on what you know? It's time to duel. Uh-huh. Blue-Eyes White Dragon. Uh-huh. Seto Kaiba. Okay. That's it. What is Blue-Eyes White Dragon? What is duel? What What does that mean? Oh, you want me to like, actually tell you what the show what is? What is the okay. show, as far as you are aware? I'm going to actually try to sincerely do a good job. D here. Do the best you can. I'm genuinely interested to hear what you think. This episode is like the first time since like the second episode where we're sorting something that one of us doesn't know without a guest. Back when we did... The second episode was based on the Pokemon anime, 
And like for the most part, like for the you main stuff, we did it. You didn't know anything for the lightning bolt round though, because like I, I did all those characters, and we yeah. said this is a thing we'll do occasionally, and literally never did again until now. Because we prefer to have guests. It's way more fun when there's two people who can bounce off each other, and a third person who then gets to be like, "What the? F-? Be the Eggman meme? What the fuck are you two talking about?" Yeah, um, but we also just wanted to do some. Yeah. Nobody wanted to come and sort Yu-Gi-Oh, so we're going to fucking sort Yu-Gi-Oh because it's stupid. I get one next time. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Yu-Gi-Oh is an animated TV show. An anime. An anime, one might say, about this kid who plays a competitive card game mm-hmm. and is sometimes possessed by the ghost of an ancient Egyptian ancestor. More or less. Uh, the ghosts make the cards do real life things <laughs> mm, we'll get to that uh and sometimes they can kill you but they censored that so instead of that you go to the <laughs> shadow realm <laughs> sometimes it's not even that like there are shots from the anime where characters are holding guns and their editors just be pointing <laughs> like like don't move or i'll point aggressively <laughs> <laughs> they play a, a card game yep for reasons Presumably there's, like, a prize. <laughs> it, or it changes all the it's time. It's just for honor or just because. Uh, and Seto Kaiba's a bad guy who owns an entire corporation, even though he's, like, a child like everyone else. <laughs> um, but I think he maybe becomes their friend. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I'm loving this. Uh, and he has a, a boner for dragons. That part, that part is definitely true. I don't know. I literally, I yeah. don't know any more of the plot. So, That's it. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! Is, it's a, it's a, in some ways, it's a sports anime, but it's not really a sports anime. Sure. But it's a sports anime in the sense that it's the focus point is the most popular sport in the world. And in this world, that's trading card games. One mm-hmm. specific one called Duel Monsters. In this show, unlike the source material we're sort, we're, we base things on, they duel... And they don't shoot point like magical laser beams at each other, but they use trading cards that summon holograms. It's not mon- magical monsters. Oh. The cards, they put into a thing on your arm, or sometimes a stadium, that makes them become holograms somehow, with absurd levels of a bit stuff, and the holograms shoot magical laser beams at each other. Okay. But also sometimes the monsters are real because of ancient Egyptian magic. Okay, so I, I kind of... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But usually they're not real. Okay. But they act like they're real. They'll like there'll be an explosion from the holograms, and the characters will get like, like it still generates real wind, and they'll get knocked back or like make sounds of pain. So they're like semi, uh, tan- not tangential. <laughs> tangible. Tangible, yeah. They're so they're like semi tangible the- effects. <laughs> They're as tangible as the show feels like them being at the moment. Okay. Usually the show just forgets about that because it's more dramatic. Yeah. And a really important point to talk about with Yu-Gi-Oh! as well is that... So, the anime, it's based on a manga, and it's the it's technically the second anime of Yu-Gi-Oh! But it's the only one that was dubbed. Mm. The original anime was never translated because it was... To quote uh, Yugi in Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged Season Zero movie or whatever... <laughs> Uh, it was depressingly bad and super violent. Ah. Like, it's funny that you said Seto Kaiba is the villain, because the first villain is definitely just that ancient Egyptian pharaoh who sure. possesses him, because he regularly just murders people. Okay. Who, like, who slight, who just, who slight the main character for anything. But, so, like, the anime that ends up getting dubbed, like, basically, more or less ignores that, and then picks it up from 
Because the original manga isn't about card games at all. It's, the Sphero plays various games, and the card game is just one particular game that gets played in one issue, when the villain of that issue is Sato Kaiba in his introductory story, and both Kaiba and the card game itself just became super popular and they took over. Although I'm not sure how much of that is the case, because it was just a plant so that they could then make the Yu-Gi-Oh card game that we know in the real world, sure. which became a juggernaut. Sure. One of the more popular card games in... Yeah, and so much gets toned down. I'll, like, I'll briefly touch on some of the things I know about the earlier parts when we talk about specific characters. Cool. Let's talk about some characters. Yeah, maybe I'll glean more of the plot from the characters. Like, is there a plot? Is the plot just they do card game fights? Oh, they have to save the world. Oh. The fate of the world rests on these card games. How? Reasons. <laughs> it kind of depends on the particular villain in question. Okay. In se- to be fair, in you season... Do you have to defeat the villains with card games? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. And Even to- though they could just literally continue doing whatever plan, regardless of the outcome of a game? We'll get to that. Okay. It depends on the particular villain. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, they could do other things. Sometimes, no, there's magic. Ah, ancient course. Egyptian of magic. Of course. Because <laughs> there's a lot of ancient Egyptian magic in this show. Classic. So the first character is Yugi, mm-hmm. who's not Yu-Gi-Oh. No. He's Yugi. Yugi does is literally, I believe, the tr- Japanese word for pl- like play or for, or game. Okay. I believe uh, no, it's game, and then O is king. Okay. Because he's the king of games, and that's he gets the title king of games in the show sure. after winning the first tournament, and then he's the king of games for the rest of the show. <laughs> And like, so unlike Ash Ketchum, he is allowed to win things. Oh, he almost never loses. <laughs> he ha- like he has like three losses in the entire show. Uh huh. It's and when they happen, they often cause existential crises. That adds up. <laughs> I've seen an anime. Like in in the first season, it happens because Kaiba duels him, and he stands on the edge of a building. And if Yugi uses it, like gives his final attack, the explosions from the holograms will cause knockback that will send him to falling off over the, the tower he's on. Who? So Kaiba? Kaiba. Okay, so he doesn't... He, he forfeits because he doesn't want to do a murder. Yeah, well, the pharaoh was going to do the attack, but Yugi stops him. I see. And then he has an existential crisis. Later he has an existential crisis because he kind... He, like, the pharaoh turned evil for a duel and then lost it and Yugi's soul was taken. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, the pharaoh, like, lives in his head, right? The pharaoh lives in the Millennium Puzzle. Oh, okay. And the pharaoh is a, is a completely separate character. We're yeah. not there. Yugi uh-huh. is, I think he's supposed to be, like, 15. He's a teenage boy. He's prepubescent, though, for some reason. He's very short and has a very high-pitched voice. He's got hair. <laughs> he has some of the most anime hair he's of all time. His hair wild. is black, gold, and purple, and made of pineapples. Spikes his hair, everywhere. His hair is buck wild. He has some... Like, when you think of anime hair, you think of Yugi Moto. <laughs> or Muto? I, I think the dub says Moto, but it's spelled M-U-T-O. Hmm. Japanese? I don't know. I don't trust the dub. <laughs> oh, that's anything. fair. It's du- it's dubbed by four kids. Yeah. It, Bless them, but oof. I mean, to be fair... That's part of what makes it so great. Sure. Where where would we be without Brock's jelly donuts? <laughs> you know? So Yugi, he plays a card game. His grandpa owns a card game shop. And he has friends. So at the beginning of the show that was dubbed, he has friends. In the original version, he does not have friends. 
the characters who would become his friends are actually his bullies. Oh. And they only become start being nice because he, he saves them. No, he saves them from a different bully. Oh, that's way worse. Yeah, and so they're like, "Cool, we'll be your friend now." The 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 dubbed anim- the, I don't know what the actual name for it is. The anime that we know scrapped that pretty much. I think it was briefly hinted on in a flashback, but. Mm. I thought it was just going to do that classic anime thing of, like, you're my enemy until I defeat you and then you're my friend, which, like, I'm here for that, but sounds like no. It, little bits of that happen occasionally, sure. but not really. Not to the extent of, like... No. There are one <laughs> or two characters, and it's not purely, I am defeated, now I am your friend. Yeah. It's that, like, there's usually another aspect at play there. Okay. Uh, in the, f- at the beginning of the show... Kaiba wants the blue eyed white dragon card from Yugi's Ramba. Now, apparently, you're only allowed three of a card in your deck, right? Okay. And there are four copies of the blue eyed white dragon card that exist in the world. Okay. So I don't know why there are four when you can only play three. And, like. Well, so someone else can have one. Well, here's the thing, though. The thing you do with the blue eyed white dragon is you fuse them into blue eyed ultimate dragon by having three of them and combining them. Oh. So what's the fourth one for? I tell you what the fourth one is for. Drama! Yeah. So that Kaiba can beat the shit out of Yugi's grandpa to steal it. And then they're like, cool, I'll play a card game with you to steal it back. And it's y- Yugi's deck was actually his grandpa's deck or whatever. And Yugi defeats Kaiba in the card game and does mind crush on him where he sends his soul, he breaks his brain or something. But he, that doesn't really last for more than, like, it doesn't last at all, actually. I don't quite know what the point of that was. Sometimes he breaks people's minds, which is dubbed into the Shadow Realm. Okay. Yeah, but it's still he still calls out mind crush. Okay. It's stupid. Although that's the Pharaoh, not Yugi. All right. Yugi sucks at everything, so whenever he needs to do something, that's when the Pharaoh takes over. I see. Um, Yugi has a crush on Taya, but Taya likes the Pharaoh because he's like an older, sexier version with a deeper voice. Ew. Which, who's, wait, who's Taya? Oh, Taya's the girl in his class. Okay, so she's like the same age as him. Yes. And the pharaoh might be as well. It's not made clear. Oh. The pharaoh's age, age is a lot more ambiguous. In the sequel show, which is set like three years later or something, Yugi has now gone through puberty and has the pharaoh's voice, which is like a cute oh, little nod. Fun. So he, he might be a few years older, but it's a little unclear. However, they're all they're, all the main characters are the same age, including Yugi, who's like as tall, uh, like who's like four, three or three, four feet tall, and Kaiba, who owns a multi-billion-dollar corporation. He goes to their school yeah. for some reason. Fine. Like Yugi, he's very bland. Is the thing because he's he, no one. He's because everyone. He, like he's the he's the nice kid. He's mob. He's Yay. very mob from Mob Psycho. Like he's Mabu. he's that kind of kid who's like, I'll be everyone's friend. I'm super nice. <laughs> but then whenever action needs to happen, that's when he gets possessed. Which again is kind of similar to Mob. Right. Yeah. But in this case, instead of just like psychic stuff happening, it's an entire different entity who gets to be an ancient Egyptian pharaoh. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, throughout the sh- like, and <sighs> it's hard to say because anytime actual important stuff is happening. He's not really involved. So like I said, in, in season four, which wasn't in the manga, it was made up for the anime, the villains of that season are using the seal of Arakalkos to reawaken, reawaken Atlantis or something stupid. And they're involved playing card games. And if you defeat someone in a card game when you've played the seal of Arakalkos card, or when either one has, whoever loses, their soul is taken to feed the great Leviathan. Oh. Yeah. And so in this, in that game... 
uh, Yugi, or sorry, the Pharaoh ends up using it because he's given it by a, a card swapping card, and he uses it to try and like pr- the villain of th- that duel is trying to be like, see, you're evil too, just like me. So he uses it and he's a dick about it, but then he still loses. And so Yugi's like, no, I'll sacrifice myself instead, and you, they can have my soul. And then the Pharaoh's got to deal with that, and then all of his friends are fucking furious at him. But also it means that the dub, the, like, the dub doesn't have to deal with Yugi for the rest of the season. They you know, just remove the main character? Well, he, the Pharaoh is just there instead, still in the body. So yeah. they can't swap back. Yeah. He's, well, he's taken. He's he's now four. He's, like, the, the damsel in distress. He shows up in a couple episodes. That's for one season. They're just like, oh man, this main character is literally useless. We are going to get rid of him. Well, so here's the thing, right, about the end of the show. The show, the the final, guess who the final duel of the show is between? Yugi and the Pharaoh. Yeah. Okay. Because the Pharaoh died 5,000 years ago and is currently, like, his soul is being, like, is not allowed to go to the next, the afterlife or whatever mm. because it's helping the puzzle. So they duel and if Yugi wins, it proves that he's ready to move on and be his own person. The Pharaoh can go to the afterlife and if he doesn't win, then the Pharaoh's going to stay with him to keep helping him out because he's so useless on his own, apparently. Yeah. Which, to be fair, until the Pharaoh came along, he was. He was a nobody. Nobody gave a shit about him and he sucked at everything. Obviously, Yugi wins and the Pharaoh goes to the afterlife. And that's, like, the extent of his character, of, like, his character development, really. It's mostly in the final few episodes. (laughs) In season two, he starts wearing leather and chains. Oh. Is that him or is that the Pharaoh, though? I think it's more him. Okay. But, it, you know, the Pharaoh's into it, too. Yeah. It beats the school uniform he had to wear for the first season. Yeah. When they weren't going to school. <laughs> because they went to an island to play card games. The, I'll talk about the, the... The plots of each season are really tied up in who the villains are, so I'll talk about those more okay. when I get to the villains. Uh, can we get a house for Yugi? Fucking hell, I probably Hufflepuff. Because sure. he's kind of nothing and he's just a happy just little nice boy. And sure he, is there. He sure works hard and he wants to be friends with everyone. And sure. Stuff. Okay. Because I mean, here's the thing. The show is buck-fucking-wild. Yeah. And that has very little to do with Yugi Moto. Fair enough. The Pharaoh has a lot more to do with it because the Pharaoh is the main character. Sure. The Pharaoh who's... <laughs> at the end of the first season, cause like throughout the first... When the show starts, and like it was more so the case in the manga and the original anime, they don't really know who the Pharaoh is. Most other characters don't realize that they're two different people, and they don't notice the fact that he grows a foot and his voice drops. He gets taller. Oh yeah, the Pharaoh's way taller than him. Yeah. Fuck. Fine. Mag- okay. Ancient Egyptian magic. I thought they just like mind swapped and the body stayed the same. No, 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 no. Like he, just, he physically. Have you not gets seen taller. the two characters? I guess not. Yeah, let me just show you a picture of the two. Like, just I'm... gets physically taller. Where does all that height go? Magic. Yeah, but like he's he's got like a physical form. Magic. Early on, again, more so in the original version, he like the pharaoh was kind of fucked up. He would just do super dark shit, and it's like not really until the end of the first season that they sort of become teammates and work together more. Mm. Like rather than just the pharaoh taking control to make it happen. Uh, like, like I said, that episode with Kyber on the, the castle was a big part of that. Like, he's like, I can't control the Pharaoh. So he's like, for a couple episodes, he refuses to transform or something until the Pharaoh's like, you've got to let me help you because of mind powers. Sure. Like the villain of that season can read minds. So they, like the way they try to defeat him is by constantly switching back and forth so that they don't, like the villain can't see what the strategy is because they're changing it all the time. 
Okay. Which is stupid, but sure. I don't know anime. Fine. Yeah, no, that I'm that tracks. Yeah, that's the the least weird thing you've told me. So I say the Pharaoh because for most of the show we don't know his name. Mm. At the big at the end of season one, he tells Yugi his name is Yami. Okay. Yami is not his name. Yami is the Japanese word for dark. Okay. He's saying I don't know what my name is, but you can just consider me a dark counterpart to yourself. And various other characters have dark counterparts, and they are just Yami character name. Sure. So he's Yami Yugi, but that's not his name. Yeah. In the actual end of the show, we learn his name is Atem. But four kids didn't really translate it well. Fine. They're like, yeah, Yami, that's a name. (laughs) Why not? I don't need to look up what Japanese words are when I translate an anime. (laughs) It's fine. Anyone for fucking jelly donuts? (laughs) That one wasn't a translation know, error. That was intentional. I know. The Americans will be like, what's that? A rice? No, they won't. They won't be like that. They'll learn. It's what they'll do. Yeah, they would, yeah. Throughout the rest of the show, he like starts, like, they become friends and they help and blah, 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 blah. And he's the action hero who plays card games. Sure. Gryffindor, I guess. Okay. Not like a Slytherin. The, Slith- you could absolutely argue Slytherin. Uh, what are his goals? So here's the thing: because he doesn't, ha- he doesn't remember anything. He doesn't really have goals for most of the show. Okay. And then his goals become to regain his memories. Yeah, I didn't realize that he didn't remember anything. Oh yeah, that's why I said he doesn't know his own name. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't remember well, anything until you said that. I was. I didn't realize. He I doesn't died. remember anything, but he does remember he's a pharaoh. I guess. Cool. Who's next? <laughs> well, up next is Joey Wheeler. Oh, I know this one. He has that accent that they do on Draw Brooklyn Rage. Brooklyn Rage. And he goes, Nyeh. 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 <laughs> oh, I do that too. <laughs> Are you from Brooklyn? Nyeh. Are you from Brooklyn, though? No. Well, too fair, neither's he, because he's Japanese. Why does he have a Brooklyn accent? Nyeh. Joey Wheeler is... Uh, first and foremost, he's a furry. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what? I don't... How does that happen? I can't remember. I think Kaiba get, like, to punish him for losing, because if you lose, you have to do whatever the winner says, and that's uh-huh. just a rule of anything, right? Yeah. So, to punish him for losing one time, I think Kaiba makes him dress up like a dog, and then from that point onwards, uh, Joey starts having, or at least once, it might just be once, Joey has dreams where he's dressed up like a dog and Kaiba is abusing him. Ew. So, yeah. I don't know. It might just be a weird, it's probably nothing, but Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge next to the sex thing. The dean from Community. Yeah. It's like, this doesn't awaken anything in me. Yeah. Um, Joey is, like, he's the hothead best friend character. He's like, I'm gonna... Yeah. <laughs> like, he's the one, he'll go and, he, like, he will rush in and, like, take action. He's Gryffindor. Let's just, just sure. get that out of the way. <laughs> like, he rushes in, like, he takes charge and does stuff. The show starts with him, like, with Yugi teaching him how to play the game. Because, again, like... Despite the fact that, like, by the end of the next season, at least, it's clearly the most popular sport in the world, most of the characters start the show not knowing what the game is, so the audience can learn it. Yeah. And in the manga, no one really played it at first, but then it became the most popular sport in the world and defined politics by the sequel shows. Chris. Uh... Yeah. But Joey, so he's, he's learning the card game, and he's an idiot, and he's terrible, and his cards all suck, and Yugi's like, your cards suck, let's get you some better ones, so they get some better ones. He joins... The first, the first season of the show is about this tournament. Mm-hmm. Yugi joined it, uh, hosted by the villain Maximilian Pegasus. Uh huh. And he hosts, like, he is trying to, 
we'll get to where his, his whole deal is. But he kidnapped Yugi's grandpa, which is why Yugi's playing. Mm-hmm. And Joey is comp- competing for the prize money so for his sister to get an eye operation because she's blind, maybe? She's not blind when she shows up in future seasons after having the surgery, so I guess she had an eye transplant or something. Okay. I don't know. Surgery. Anime. And then he's like... He, the non... The stuff that's not based from the manga actually makes him more important than he was originally. Like, in the fourth season, he, Yugi, and Kaiba are like the main three who have this whole destiny thing. He had no destiny thing. Yugi and Kaiba always had a destiny thing, and there were other characters involved in that. But Joey was never involved in that. Hmm. But then he was. They were just like, hey, Joey can have a destiny. Yeah. Little a destiny. As a treat. As a treat. Yeah, and he gets this whole dragon and knight sword thing. Uh... Does he have any character arcs or development after that? He and this the other character, Tristan, are like the two they're they're like henchmen almost, and like they'll do do the physical action and co- like a lot of physical comedy as well. Mm. But they're kind of just there after that. Oh, he has the red eyes black dragon, by the oh, way. Okay. Which is sick worse than the blue eyes white dragon in every conceivable way. Right. And okay. What is it still better than an average card? Eh. <laughs> Fine. Um, I need a house, please. It's Gryffindor. Cool. He's headstrong Russian. I have a question. Go on. You said that they explain how the card game works, like, at the <laughs> beginning of every season, essentially. No, 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 the first season. Like, the, the, okay. sh- the show is introduced and Joey's learning the card game from Yugi. Yes. So they explain how the card game works. No. Okay, that's what, that's what I was going to ask. I was like, do they actually explain? They don't, largely because the show doesn't know how the card game works. Okay. The first scene is especially bad for this because the card game didn't exist in the real world yet. Right. So they just made up whatever buck wild shit. Like some of the stuff you see, there's one episode where a character is shrouding his side of the field in darkness from his castle of dark illusions, which is a thing that only works because they have holograms. Uh-huh. If they, if they were just playing this with just cards, like most people in the world would, nothing makes any sense. Yeah. And the way Yugi defeats that is by using his catapult turtle to launch his dragon knight into the air, shattering the castle's flotation ring, causing it to crash down on his monsters and destroy them. Cool, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything in the show either. Uh... <laughs> Another episode has a card that only works on male monsters. Sure. Which is not a thing! No. Okay, so they do just, just make up a game as they go. Yes. Like I said, future seasons get better at it because the card game was starting to come out and like they had actual rules to base it on. Did they try to make those cards make sense in the card game or were they just like, fuck it? Oh, they had not even vaguely close. Some of them just did completely different things. Some of them were just vanilla cards that didn't do anything. They were just gen- general monsters. <laughs> they were just there. Some... Some of those cards didn't get put into the actual card game. Mm. It's just a whole fucking hot mess. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Who's next? Up next is Teya, who's called Anzu in the Japanese version. You know how sometimes anime will westernize characters' names, right? Yeah. Like, Matt from Digimon was Yamato in Japanese. Sure, yeah. Joey in this was Jonuchi in Japanese. Mm. Her name is Anzu, and they changed that to Teya, which is not a western name. Mm. T-E-A. It's spelled like T. I don't... So she's the the girl character. Mm -hmm. And for the most most of the show, she is the girl. And that's all she is. That's all she needs to be. So naturally, she has a crush on the main character. Uh Her life goals... We actually... Like, she's the only one who has an ambition for later in life. Okay. Which was more, again, from the manga and early anime. But does come up in the show. And I believe in the... 
they did an anniversary movie a few years ago where they actually show her going off for this. Her life goal is to move to New York to become a dancer. Good for her. Yeah. And I guess she does. Cool. Yeah. Good for her. It's weird, but she doesn't play the card game. A bunch of characters don't actually play the card game, yeah. except occasionally. Like, again, because at this point in the show, like, it's still kind of a new concept. In all the future seasons, pretty much every... Ca- oh, sorry, in all the future shows, the sequel shows, mm-hmm. all the characters do. Like, when we're talking in future shows, society is built around these card games. Like, yeah. every aspect of life is dictated by this. But here, she like she just ha- she has a deck that's incredibly bad that she'll play occasionally when she has to, and sometimes she'll just borrow some of Yugi Yugi's cards. Like Yugi, his main card is the Dark Magician, right? Mm-hmm. He also has the Dark Magician girl, except once or twice she has the Dark Magician girl, because of course she does. She's the girl. Okay. Yeah, sex is bullshit. I'm just confused as to why that would exist as a separate card. Do they do the same thing? No, they have different cards. Okay. Um, I mean. It is a separate card because then they can have, like, or as, well, as Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge says it, Dark Magician and Dark Magician with big boobies. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. I understand Of now. course. Gratuity. I understand. It's anime. Taya is all about friendship, which Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge makes more of a absurd thing. In the first episode, she draws, puts Yugi, hers, Yugi's, Joey's and the next character's hands together and draws a face across all their hands which then sometimes glows in later seasons she just draw with a mark but then like I remember that time you drew a quarter of a face on my hand yeah. because we're friends Yeah. and friendship matters so I, I with the power of friendship we will defeat the evil exactly Yeah. and then she's there and has a crush on Yugi and that's the show that's her role in the show awesome to stand there and like cheer for Yugi and commentate yeah, does she do like commentary? Of course, and like, she, but she she's more likely to ask questions to the other characters who know things to sure. explain them to her. So she is the uh, an audience surrogate asking what is happening. Well, here's the fuck the, is this? Most characters are audience surrogates. Like I said in yeah. the first episode, Yugi is teaching Joey the game, and then Joe Joey becomes the third best duelist in the world, but he still asks questions about what's happening because sure. he doesn't know anything because the show doesn't know anything. Fine. <laughs> Fine. I get. I think Taya's also a Hufflepuff like Yugi. Okay. Because friendship. Yeah, friendship. She's got a goal, but like she doesn't do any, literally anything throughout the actual show to achieve it. Apart from one time she played DDR. Cool. Yeah. Because she wants to be a dancer. Yes. Yeah. She has a goal. She's sure. A but I don't think it defines her enough to be Slytherin based on that alone. Fair enough. Up next is Tristan Taylor. Tristan talks like this in Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged. Okay. His catchphrase is, my voice gives me super strength. Oh. Okay. Because he has a silly voice. It's funny. Yeah. Laugh at the joke. It was 2006. Uh, oh, oh, okay. I, 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 yep. Yeah. <laughs> there was a bit of a gag going on. In one episode, he had a new voice. And that's because in the actual anime, like, his voice actor changed after, like, six episodes or something. Ah. Uh. Like, the way they do, they sometimes just have temporary actors at the start of shows that get replaced. Because they don't know if they're going to do the whole season. I guess. Mm. That's not always what... Sometimes they just do... I don't know. Like, actors who are still part of the show just switch out or whatever. Huh. I guess they're just finding the foot... I don't know. Like, uh, Maddie Blaustein, who voiced Meowth for the first nine seasons of Pokemon, didn't for, like, the first handful of episodes. I don't know quite how many, but... Yeah. Uh, Anyway, he also doesn't play the card game, so he's, like, also kind of just there... Especially in the um, the filler arcs added to the anime that weren't in the manga, they really don't know what to do with him. Infamously, in season three, he, uh, he gets 
they get taken to a virtual world. Okay. Where they have to play card games to survive or something, and uh, they're they're p- competing against five of Kaiba's former executives who are trapped in the virtual world and want to steal the children's bodies to go back to the real world. So if they lose the card games, they lose their bodies. Maybe. If you die in the card game, you die in real life. More or less. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's very true for the whole show. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. That's nonsense. Yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't finish my anecdote about Tristan's voice. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, the way Yu Yu Bridge did that was, like, they replaced, he switched out his, the voice in that episode for a voice that sounded a lot more like the show. He started talking kind of like this, and it was a really boring, generic voice, and it was like, what the heck is going on? It's terrible. In a following episode, they, like the main characters all get taken into a game where they are the cards. Okay. Or whatever they're all they're all their favorite cards and at one point uh monster reborn is played to bring back tristan's card from the graveyard and he uses it in the in the, you get rich this i play monster reborn to resurrect tristan's original voice <laughs> hey i liked my new voice it's stupid in season three he gets turned into a robot monkey his body gets taken oh. by the bad guys and his brain is put into a robot monkey and that just stays oh for the season and then he gets a body back? Yeah, because here's the thing. he They only stole his body in the virtual world, not in the real world. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. <laughs> uh, okay. Again, this was added to the anime. It wasn't in the manga, so it's even dumber than the rest of the show normally is. Okay. Is it? So they're in this virtual world. He loses the card game, so his body gets taken, and then the bad guys start using it to attack the others or whatever. And he's in a robot monkey. A robot monkey that, like, so we, we, the viewers, the audience hear his voice, but watching the show, he sounds like a monkey. Ah. Although I think that maybe eventually they find a switch on the back of his neck that switches him from monkey sounds to a voice, and then he can talk. But they don't find that for a long time. <laughs> That's incredible. I Thank you. I love that. In season two, Joey's sister is introduced, and Tristan has a crush on her, and it's like, hey, don't you date my sister, and blah, blah, blah. And then there's a love triangle with another guy who shows up later. Wait, whose sister? Joey's sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because Joey and Tristan are, like, like best friends, because they're, like, jo- Does Joey's sister also have the accent? No. No. No, she does not. Okay. That would have been really funny. Because <laughs> um, here's the thing, like, I that's not a very, like, feminine accent. Like, that's not, like, a, a dorky voice they would give to a female character, mm-hmm. especially one that is, like, someone's love interest, mm. who I'm assuming is just there to be a cute girl. So, like I said, in the first season, she was, she was, she wasn't even on screen. She was just there to be Joey's motivation. And then, yeah, yeah. she just shows up to hang out and be a girl. Yeah. So, like, sexism is why they didn't give her the accent. But can you imagine a world in which he did also get the accent? That would have been incredible. To be fair, it might partly be because, like, four kids might not have had someone on hands to do a Brooklyn (laughs) accent for a woman. Who could do the accent? Yeah. Get Joey's actor to just do a high-pitched voice or whatever. (laughs) Because that would be better? I don't know. (laughs) Four kids has done some shit. Tristan's the first character I've got to think, like, huh. What house might he be? Because his personality is likes a girl, stands in the background, commentates, is a robot monkey for a bit. What's the robot monkey house? I'm trying to think about when we sorted JoJo. All robots are Ravenclaws. And oh, that's true. I'm trying to think about when we sorted JoJo and what what, what we do with Speedwagon because this has big Speedwagon energy. Sure. And I, I don't do, remember. That was years ago. I do not remember. <laughs> I'm gonna go Slytherin, because I think that's fun. Cool. Sure. Yeah, that's all I got. Awesome. 
Which means we've got our final main character now, Alex, and you can join in the conversation a little bit more. Because it's time for Seto Kaiba. Ah. Seto Kaiba. <laughs> so, you may be wondering to yourself, how does this 15-year-old, who definitely does not look like a 15-year-old, who still goes to this one high school with these other random nobodies, how does he own a multi-billion dollar corporation? His dad died. <laughs> and left it to him. Oh, it's so much worse than that. Did he murder his father? Oh, no, 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 no. His, his entire family? His father? Well, so... He and his younger brother, Mokuba, who's another character who's around in the yeah, show. okay. They were orphans in an orphanage, and we don't know how they got there. Okay. And then one day, this rich business guy, Gozaburo Kaiba, comes along to visit the orphanage because he's making a donation or something. And Kaiba challenges... Or Seto, we don't know his, his birth surname. Uh -huh. He goes by Kaiba for the rest of the show. And like the, most people just call him Kaiba, even though that's the surname of his adopted father who never liked him. Seto challenged him to a game of chess, and if he wins, uh, if Seto wins, Gozaburo has to adopt him and his brother. Okay. So he does. Uh, Gozaburo then like starts training Seto in the ways of business, so he can one day take over his corporation, and gives him like a hundred thousand dollars and tell or like ten thousand dollars and tells him to turn it into a hundred thousand, like tells him to times it by ten yeah. in a year. So what? So what the anime does with this is he tells his servant to go and buy 51% of shares in a company that treats its employees like family and then threatens to shut it down unless they buy his shares back for him to 10 times the price. And so he, he multiplies the money by 10 in a, in a day. Damn. It's stupid as shit. Yeah. But it works and then he's a rich guy. And then later on, he basically does the exact same thing with his adopted father's company. Ah. Um, and, like, those executives I mentioned from earlier are part of that as well. Okay. Like, they team up with the shares or something to kick the other guy out. Um, the company at that time made tanks and weapons, of like, military weapons. Uh. And Kaiba turned it into making technology for a trading card game. That adds up. <laughs> so he has, like, the best holograms. Well, he, he makes all the holograms. All the yeah. holograms in the show are made by his company. Oh, all of them are. Yes. The card game itself is made by Pegasus, the villain of the first season. Mm -hmm. Well, made by him. It's actually ancient Egyptian. The holograms are made by Kyber's company, Kybercorp. And like, it's just like, they just become accepted parts of how you play the game eventually. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He does have the best tech holograms and like all the newest versions of technology and stuff. Like in the all the first season, it's mostly done in giant dual stadiums. And then, like, he introduces a prototype dual disc system to do it on the go. Yeah. Late in that season. And then in season two, the dual, like, a, a better looking version of the dual disc system is just, m like, mass produced and rolled out. And from then on, that's just how people play card games. I see. Kaiba, I mean, Kaiba's the ultimate Slytherin. He's yeah. the ultimate yeah. business guy. Like, it's, it's so funny to me that you described him as the villain at first. See, he's, <laughs> like, he's introduced, he's kind of the villain in the first episode. Okay. And then he disappears for most of the season. Pegasus also kidnapped his brother to get him to play in the card games. Right. Um, he's he's an he's an antihero. Sure. Okay. He, he's never really a, after that first episode. He's never really a true antagonist, but he's not their friend either. Season two. Is he is he a rival? Yeah, oh, big time. Yes. Okay. He's the second best duelist in the world. Yeah. Yeah. His yeah. ultimate goal in life is to defeat the Pharaoh Yugi. He doesn't believe in magic. Also, by the way. He, he, like, he, right, he straight up <laughs> says that everything that's happening is bullshit. I think you've mentioned this before, which is hilarious. Season four, the Black Sheep season, uh, dual monsters start appearing in the real world. And people are like, this is clearly like malfunctioning hologram technology. It's not. It's just real monsters appearing in the real world. Yeah. He still doesn't believe in magic. 
the final episode, he watches Yugi and the Pharaoh duel. So he sees that they're two separate people who've shared a body this entire time. <laughs> he still does not believe in magic. However, however, uh-huh. in that anniversary movie I mentioned that came out like five years ago, so many years after the show finished, uh-huh. it's set like a year after the show finished or something. And he is now trying to bring the Pharaoh back from the dead so that he can play one last card game with him and use technology to do that. Science, magic, technology, whatever. So I guess now he does believe in magic. And then, like, at the like in that fight, there's obviously a villain and, they, like, Kyber and Yugi team up. And eventually Kyber's like, Yugi, you have to call on him to help us. And he's like, okay, I guess I will. And then he does and it works, even though it shouldn't. And then the Pharaoh's gone back to the, the afterlife again. So Kyber's technology allows him to project himself into the afterlife to duel Yugi, to duel the Pharaoh one last time. He's not dead. He just projects his mind into hell. Fine. For card games. That's a lot for a card game. <laughs> they really like this fucking card game, Alex. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Blue um... Eyes. Why <laughs> he builds a theme park around the one trading card he likes? <laughs> Wouldn't you? <laughs> if you could. What's your favorite, like, magic card? Oh, Panharmonicon. Can you make a theme park out of that? It's a musical instrument on a card, I don't know. It's a musical theme park. I guess. <laughs> he calls it Kyberland, though, not like Blue Eyes Land or anything like that. Sure. Like, he's all about his name that isn't his name that he got from his adopted father. Oh, by the way, the, the adopted father is the final villain in that uh, virtual world arc from, okay. that was made up. Um, he had an actual son, by the way, who was incredibly sick, and so his bo- his brain was put into the virtual world to save him. But also, he, but he never liked his real son either. He's he's just a really shitty person. He didn't like any of the kids. Nope. He liked money and war. Cool. Yeah. Kaiba is Slytherin. Yeah. Yeah. As Buck fucking well. So in season two, again, his like whole destiny thing is tied up in this. They see an ancient Egyptian tablet that depicts the pharaoh and. Kaiba's ancestor, Priest Seto, because of course he has the same name, yeah. despite being from a different n- continent entirely. Well, Set is an Egyptian yeah. thing. Yeah. Is Seto a Japanese name? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I don't speak Egyptian or Japanese. Why not? I was really bad at French in college, and I figured that languages <laughs> just weren't really for me. Uh. But yeah, so he's tight. He ends up seeing visions of them dueling in ancient Egypt. And he's like, yeah, but that's bullshit. Stop tricking me with your card game mind games. It's like, yeah, okay, even if you don't believe, like, like you saw this, like, in with your own eyes. What do you think happened there? Also, he says, screw the rules, I have money. Oh, nice. That's his catchphrase. That's his catchphrase. Oh, in Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, I mentioned they all have catchphrases. Yeah. Like... And that was the big one that really took off. Nice. Like, the popular one that all the merch was made off and you got all the variant times made done with it or whatever. You know, I learned recently that I have a catchphrase, apparently. Oh? Yeah, what, what would you guess my catchphrase is? Whining? <laughs> wow. Oh, is that it? Is no. It... Wow. No. Um, it's, uh, time isn't real. Oh, Okay. Which apparently I've said frequently enough at work that people have decided it's my catchphrase. That just that's just a Tumblr thing. That's just that's just a thing that I say. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to be witty about it. I'm just stating facts. Time isn't real. Well, anyway, Alex, I think it's time. Time isn't real. <laughs> it is time. It's time. Lightning bolt round. 
Um, so I don't know anything about nope. these characters. You're going to throw them to me and I'm going to summarize them much quicker, hopefully, apart from maybe the villains. I'll, sh- I'll still try. Yeah, do but- your best. Yeah. All right, JD. Yeah. Tell me about Grandpa. <laughs> Grandpa Moto, Solomon Moto, or Sugoroku Moto, I think, Japanese. He's Yugi's grandpa. He owns the game shop. He went on a- a- expeditions to Egypt at one point. I think he found the Millennium Puzzle in Egypt that had the Pharaoh's soul in it or something. He just something. took it? I- <sighs> That's how you get cursed, man. Well, kind of, yeah. Yeah. That's the plot of the show. Yeah, that adds up. Fortunately, it turned out it was his grandson's ancestor, which you think would make it his ancestor, but I don't know. He has an Egyptian counterpart as well who was like an advisor to the Pharaoh or something. Not related. I don't know. Bullshit. Uh, he's voiced by Meow's voice actress as well. Oh, nice. He has a game shop. He likes stuff. I don't fucking Hufflepuff. Cool. He was a particularly good finder. Yeah, I suppose so. You're right. You're he, right. He found that cursed item. Yeah. That he should not have taken. And he found a blue ice card. Sure. Which is rare. So, hold on. Okay. I'm putting things together. Yeah. And they don't make sense. Go on. So, this card has existed since... <laughs> this card game has existed since ancient Egypt. I will get to that when we talk about the first season's villain. But there's only four <laughs> of I, the specific I will get card. to it when we get to the first season's villain. Okay. He's, he's Pegasus. Cool. Tell me about Mokuba. Mokuba is Kaiba's younger brother. He's an annoying little shit. It's not his catchphrase, but another of Seto's catchphrases, or just a, a phrase, in, catchphrase in general of Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge is, shut up, Mokuba. Sure. Like he's he's just an annoying kid brother and he's present and he, it varies. Sometimes he's also second in command of Kaiba Corp, despite being nine, mm, maybe? Mm. I don't know. Is he like Kaiba's like um narrator? You know, like our our not narrator, um commentator? No, not really. Because he, he knows... Every, like, like Sometimes he might be explaining things to the other characters. That's what I mean. Kind of. Like, Yugi has like this group of people that kind of follow him around and watch his card games and commentate. And is this Kaiba's version of that? Occasionally. But he, do, he does more stuff like manages Kaiba's theme park and <laughs> runs his tournament Fine. that dominates the entire city. That's a, that's a lot to put on nine-year-old's shoulders. Yeah, he's... But good for him. Yeah, I don't know. He can't... Maybe he's not nine. I don't know, because they were in the orphanage together. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Slytherin, I guess, as well. Because sure. he's perfectly happy to go along with all the Seto's bullshit, even if he's not nearly as intense about it. That's fair. And he's loyal to Seto, fraternity. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Loyal in the Slytherin's way. Yeah. Tell me about my My Valentine. Oh. That's her name. Oh. Yikes. Mai is Joey's love interest. Ah. She has big boobies. Oh. How old is she? I have no idea. Okay. I think she worked as a waitress in a casino, though. I think she's definitely supposed to be several years older than him. She's probably in her 20s and he's 15. Is this a reciprocated Kinda. Kinda. Ma'am? So, (laughs) she, get this. She's a girl, right? Uh-huh. But she knows how to play card games. What? I know. Girls can't play card games. I know. Girls can't do anything apart from swoon. Yeah. That's what I'm... <laughs> so that's my best skill. She plays a harpy deck. All of her monsters are harpy ladies. Okay. So, like, girl boss. <laughs> power, like, girl power. Yep. Girl She's monster. the one who plays that card that affects all the male monsters. Yeah. Okay. With the alluring scent. 
Yeah. Yeah. She she's a, she's another competitor in the first season. She's a short. She's kind of a rival. She duels Joey at first, or like she's a she's kind of like Joey's antagonist early on. Like she gets other people to try and duel Joey as well. I forget why. If there was any reason, or it might be that she, Joey dueled her and she he won. Uh, when when Taya duels, after Yu Gi Oh's into his depressive state, Taya duels her to try and convince him to snap out of it or whatever. She becomes nice by the end of the season. Becomes their, oh, okay. she becomes a friend. Yeah, she, like she's she's never evil or bad or anything. She's she's a rival. Yeah, she's here playing in a card in a in a gaming tournament. Yeah, so she, you know, she's kind of like I'm not here to make friends. Yeah, but she's not horrible about it. Fair and enough. but then she she does make friends. <laughs> she's then a character in season two where again like that's where they develop more of her romance and she disappears after after season three season two and three are kind of the same mm-hmm. at least she disappears in the manga in the anime when they added that fucking season four they brought her back and now she's joined the bad guys of that season for no particular reason cool and then she ha- then she has a, a, a new love interest in the bad guys so you can have yet another love triangle yeah and Joey defeats that love interest, and then Mai does leave forever. Oh. And there's no resolution to anything involving oh. her. <laughs> okay. But she's a girl that plays card games a couple times. <laughs> Not even that many times. Not comparatively. Wow. Cool. Um, Slytherin, though. I'm going to go Slytherin. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, tell me about Pegasus. Maximilian Pegasus. Uh-huh. So he's the villain of the show. I or wish he's the villain that of the were first my season. name. It's a great name. It's a good name. I believe his Japanese name is Pegasus J. Crawford, but they That's made Pegasus. A less good name. Yeah, they made Pegasus his surname. Uh, he so he quote unquote created dual monsters with his company Illusion Entertainment. It's a rare thing. He's got a company in media, but it's not named after himself. Huh. I know. How are you supposed to know that he runs it? I don't know. So he supposedly created dual monsters, but actually, I forget why. But he was on an expedition to Egypt. And he found carvings of dual monsters, so he turned them into a game because they're ancient Egyptian things. And I guess they kept developing it because there are way more monsters than there were ever like carvings in Egypt. Also, his wife died, and that's his motivation. Like he's trying to steal souls to bring her back from the dead or something. Okay, kidnap children to revive dead wife. Sort of. No, he doesn't. He kidnaps. He kidnaps several people's brothers. Well, he he kidnaps Kaiba's younger brother. He kidnaps Yugi's grandpa. That's what it was, yeah. To, to get them to play in card games so he can steal Yugi's Millennium Puzzle, I think. He's got a Millennium Eye. There are seven Millennium items. And somehow they help bring people back. I don't know. In cool. the, I believe in the manga he dies at the end of the season. <laughs> in the anime he doesn't and he comes back occasionally later on. Mostly in stuff that wasn't part of the manga. But some parts that were actually part of the manga. He's in the sequel show as well. Huh. And then he's like, he's like I'm not going to be evil anymore, I've decided. <laughs> And that he's incredibly flamboyant. Mm. As you would be if your name were Pegasus. Maximilian Pegasus. Maximilian Pegasus. I'm... You know who else is named Maximilian? Yeah? That fucking guy from that Ace Attorney case at the circus. <laughs> Maximilian Galactica? Yes. Similar vibes. Very similar. Similar enough that, like, like again, like, a big running joke it. Like he calls like he calls Kaiba Kaiba boy and Yugi Yugi boy. Right. And, like he's written so flamboyantly. Like you think he's gay, mm. and I think they gave him a backstory with a wife who may not have been his wife in the Japanese version or whatever. But they gave him a wife purely so people wouldn't think he's actually gay. Right. I think. <laughs> it could be. I don't, I don't know. know. He uses tune monsters. 
which oh. are toon, cartoon versions of other people's monsters. Other people's monsters are Japanese style, anime style. Uh-huh. His are Western style cartoons. So they do th- they do things like swerve their bodies out of the way of attacks, which doesn't make any sense if you don't have magical holograms. That's like a fun concept, though. Sure, the cards actually suck. They're re- yeah. they're just the exact same as those cards, but they have loads of restrictions on them. Uh-huh. Which I guess is true of American media compared to Japanese media. Yeah. Good night, everybody! <laughs> yeah, this adds up. Uh, yeah, Pegasus is Slytherin. He's another business boy. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about Bakura. So Bakura, he's he was a transfer student in their class who, like, they didn't mention him at first, but he shows up on the island they are. Because, like, Pegasus' tournament in the first season is on an island. Yeah, yeah. And he's on the island for no particular reason. And I don't think he's ever actually explained why he's there or how he got there. He's on vacation. So he, in the original version, he's just a transfer student from another school. Mm-hmm. In the dub, he's English <laughs> for no reason. I mean, he's not English. He just has an English accent. Yeah. Like Joey has a Brooklyn accent. Yeah. Why? Why also, not? you know, it's a four kids dub. It's a really shitty English accent. Yeah. Um, to make him distinct from the other characters. Yeah. They gotta have. They all have to have distinct, memorable voices. So Bakura. Has the Millennium Ring, another Millennium uh, item. It's the, apart from Yugi, apart from like y- the main character and the main villain. This is the first time we've seen a Millennium item at this point in the show. Okay. Um, and he like has a dark side as well. Yami Bakura, the next character on this list, mm. who is involved in Yugi's like destiny stuff. I'll get to that when we talk about him. But he's like he's a really nice, sweet boy who's possessed by an evil spirit compared to like. So he doesn't work with his spirit. Right. The spirit just controls him and possesses him. And they try to get rid of the ring, but they can't do it. Bakura ends up becoming the final villain of the show. Wow. Or Yami Bakura, I should say. Yeah. Regular Bakura is nice and a friend and goes with them to Egypt to hang out. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Ver- he's ver- is the ghost also English? I believe he also has an English accent, yes. But a much darker, gravelier English accent. Mm. Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridged, again, takes this. Martin Bellini, Little Gribo, is English himself. So he's making a sure. show and he's whatever. Yeah. Um, Bakura, a line that Bakura said a couple times early on was, I'm not gay, I'm just British. Yami Bakura would say, I'm not British, I'm just gay. <laughs> you got a house for me? He's probably a Hufflepuff again. He's very similar to Yugi. I haven't put a single person in Ravenclaw yet. They're all a bunch of dumbasses. They are all fucking games. morons. They are all fucking They're morons. They're professional card game players. Most of them aren't professional. They just don't have any life outside of it. <laughs> yeah. They don't even get money for this shit. Well, like I said, so in the first season, there's a pri- there's prize money for the tournament. Yeah. So Joey ends up getting the prize money for his sister's operation. No one else gets paid. Do they have to buy their own tickets to the island? I don't know. <sighs> I don't think so, to be fair. In season two, Kaiba throws a tournament, which he does mostly because he wants the chance to duel Yugi to become king of games. And in that one, it, when you defeat someone, you get to take their rarest card. So uh. I guess that's a form of payment. It's stupid. And it fuels the bad guy's plot. And it has the Egyptian god cards to come into play, which I didn't even mention the Egyptian god cards. Oh, yeah. Can't forget about those. Yeah. Good old Ra. The Winged Dragon of Ra is the most powerful one. There are three Egyptian gods. The Winged Dragon of Ra, Obelisk the Tormentor, and Slifer the Sky Dragon. Now, that name might sound a little odd to you. Slifer? It's the name of the executive producer of the dub. Oh, my God. So in Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge, they're Obelisk the Tormentor, Slifer the Executive Producer, and Mega Ultra Chicken. Wing, the Winged Dragon of Ra in particular, he exchanged it with my, like the villain of that season who has it, it plays against Mai at one point and she gains control of it. But she can't use it properly because she can't read the ancient Egyptian text that's written on the card in invisible ink. 
to recite the incantation so that the hologram will listen to her. Because again, it's still a hologram. All right, so I have a question. And yeah. you said that you weren't going to answer this until later. Um, so I'm bringing it back. Right. This card game has yes. existed since ancient Egyptian times. Yes. Uh, yes, and Pegasus brought it into the modern world. Yes. Mm-hmm. What the... F- where did these cards come from? Did Pe- he make Pegasus those made ones? Them. Yeah. Okay. And he just put the, in little the, the, weird there's actually Easter a fl- eggs? There's actually a flashback to Pegasus trying to make them, and all the people involved with him trying to make these particular cards were murdered. They, d- they died in mysterious circumstances. Like the like the whole like British researchers who went into ah, the Pharaoh's tomb. Yeah. Um... And he had to hand paint them himself or something, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you still went forward with it. You still thought that was a good idea, boy. Oh, he had to. He was possessed by the Egyptian gods. The Egyptian gods made him put them in because they, yeah. But also, they're trading cards. Uh, and like, so Yugi duels someone early on who um, has one of them randomly. Like he's given it by the villain. And so he takes that one. Kaiba gets given one by the villain's sister, and then the villain has the third one until the end, where, of course, Yugi has defeated Kaiba and the villain, so has all three now. Right. In season four, they get stolen by some random bikers. He gets them back by the end of the season. It's because they would have gotten in the way of that season's plot. Because, again, season four is the batshit insane season that didn't exist in the manga, and they didn't want the Egyptian god cards getting in the way of the plot. Are they, like, more powerful than the other ones? Oh, oh, yeah, they're, they're just really, really strong. Okay. They're really good cards. They help you win the game. What character were we talking about? I don't fucking know. Uh, Bakura. You said Hufflepuff. Yeah. Yami Bakura, his, his dark counterpart. In ancient Egypt, he was like just known as like the thief or the bandit or something. He was just like a kind of a nobody whose, pair, whose family were killed. So he became a bandit or a thief or something. And he ends up calling on the dark demon Zork. Zork? Zork. Necro shades or necrophades or something stupid like that. But he's, he's Zork. I don't think that's an Egyptian god. Oh, I don't think it's an Egyptian god. It's like a demon or a monster or something who has a dragon penis. Um, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna Google image search this character Hold with on. the dragon penis. As in, the, there's a penis that is a dragon, or is like a regular thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like they wanted it to be coming out of the stomach, huh? But they just did not. No, they didn't. Bother. It's clearly coming out of his crotch, and it's a yeah. giant dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Zork necrophades. Yeah, there you go. That's why. Why is that? Yeah. Okay. Dragon penis. Okay. Hey, hey, hey! By this point, they've given us five seasons of of like three girls who can play card games with big boobs. They have to give something to the women who clearly want to see a demon with a dragon penis. No. Is that not what girls want? No. Has anime lied to me? Yeah. Oh shit! All that surgery. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want a divorce. Yami Bakura. Uh, yes, we don't know his name. He's he's a bad guy. He works with various bad guys. He wants to steal the Millennium items for evil. Mm. Bad guy, McBad guy, Slytherin. Sure. He's like the least interesting villain, which is why he's the big bad at the end of the show. Because he's sure. the villain who's just I want to be evil because evil. You know, Pegasus had a goal of trying to bring back his dead wife or whatever. Mm-hmm. And our next character on our list, who's season two slash three's villain. Also has something. Um, Asterisk. So, Yami Bakura. Yeah. Does this ghost have its memory? Yes. Why this one, but not the other one? I don't understand. Why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't he have his memory? Why wouldn't the other one have his memory? But because he's the pharaoh. Why would he have his memory? Why wouldn't he? I don't know. Why would he? I don't fucking know, Alex. I don't know what to tell you. 
It's anime! It's stupid! <laughs> this is what I've been telling you for the whole time we've been doing this stupid fucking show. I know. <laughs> Tell me about Merrick. Merrick is the villain of season two and the second half of season three. The first half of season three is like is that virtual world interstitial arc. Uh-huh. But season three is just the finale of season two. Uh, Merrick, he, he was the last in the line of Guardians of the Pharaoh's Tomb. He lived underground in Egypt with his sister and his adopted brother, who are characters who will come up later. And he got really fucking pissed off at the very... Oh, right, 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 right. So when he's younger, he goes through, like, training. He gets tattoos on his back of, like, the Egyptian stuff. You okay? I'm... There's so much happening. Yeah. He, he lived underground? Yeah, in Egypt to protect the Pharaoh's tomb. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. And I... there are snakes that, like, he had a pet snake, maybe? Or there were snakes that were attacking him? I can't... That part, I don't remember which part is from Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge. I think the fact that it's a pet snake might have been from Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridged. Whereas in the actual show, it was like just attacking him, um, and his adopt his father like treated his adopted brother particularly shittily, and so one day he kind of just snapped. He has a dark side, Yami Marek. Mm-hmm. Yami Marek has is not an ancient Egyptian person or anything. He's just this guy having a mental breakdown. Oh. And having a split personality, who comes out when he's like ten and murders his father. Oh. And then. I forget why, but Marek, when he snaps out of this, comes to believe that the Pharaoh is responsible for killing his father. So swears vengeance against the Pharaoh, and that's why he's the villain of the show. Until partway through his arc, when Yami Marek comes back out again and takes over, and almost banishes regular Marek to the Shadow Realm, because he's such a separate personality that he can do that, I guess. I don't know. But then he's gone. And then after that season, Marek is their friend. He he is like the, the one time in that rule where you defeat the bad guy and they become your friend. Sure. Okay, they live underground. Yeah. Like a whole family? Yeah. And they like never come above ground? Occasionally. I think that's how they got Odeon, the, the adopted brother. Yeah, because that's what I was going to ask. How yeah. did they get more people and or wives? I don't fucking know. Okay. You think the show answered how this dude met his wife? Let's get a fucking spin-off show to Yu-Gi-Oh! How I Met Your Mother style about Marek's father meeting Marek's mother. These are the important questions. (laughs) (laughs) Marek's father, who appears in two flashbacks, and his mother, who I don't know if she ever speaks. In fact, I think she died in childbirth. Oh. Yeah. Although we had, you know, had an older sister, so. That's why I had to go adopt another one. If you want more kids at that point, you just gotta get them some. I else. believe it. Was, she was the one who wanted to adopt um, Odeon, and she was always she was the one that was nice to him. And so when she died, naturally, that's when it all went to shit. Cool. Uh, house for Merrick. Merrick. Ooh. I'm gonna go Hufflepuff for the hardworking aspect. Okay. Yeah. Yami Marek, I told you basically, or is to know he's yeah. a split personality, he's evil, evil, evil Slytherin. Sure. Tell me about Weevil? Weevil Underwood is his name. Does he have a bug deck? He sure does! How did you know? <laughs> Just a hunch. He is like Yugi's first opponent in the tournament. Uh, you know about Exodia, right? If you get all the pieces, you put the pieces together and it makes a guy. Yeah. And if you, so if you get all five pieces of Exodia in your hand, you just win the game. That's just it. The game is over and you've won. Okay. And that's how Yugi defeats Kaiba in the first episode. Weevil, like, so that's how Yugi becomes, like, known as a duelist for defeating Kaiba. And so when they're on the boat to go to the island, Weevil hears, like, tries to talk to Yugi. He's like, can I see the Exodia cards? Because, like, it's a big deal. No one's ever been able to summon Exodia before because... I guess it's hard to get five trading cards. Well, there's only six of them. No, that's not true. (laughs) No, no. 
because there's a villain who shows up. It, it, uh, one of Marek's henchmen later has a bunch of Exodia cards. He just play like like throws away like to, yeah. He has to try and face Exodia, and he shows up again later and it's nothing. Yeah, so Weevil oh. throws them off the boat because oh. Yugi's like, like like yeah, you can look at my cards. So he, like Weevil throws them away so he can never be defeated or something, and then Yugi obviously defeats him, and like he's a minor character in that part. And then he and the next character on the list just become comic relief side characters like Bulk and Skull from Power Rangers or whatever cool. in the background, just being a minor nuisance until they join the bad guys for one season and become more prominent villains. But then it's fine. Does does Yugi just like buy new cards? Sometimes, yeah. Like no, like those cards that got destroyed and thrown in the ocean. Does he replace them? There would be no way for him to do that because he's on a boat going to an island. Well, like afterwards. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Eventually, he get like he gets new cards, and throughout the show, like he starts adding new cards with deck that show up in later seasons. But you've raised an interesting question, because you have to have a certain number of cards in your deck. Mm-hmm. I forget it, how Yu-Gi-Oh works. I, th- but I believe you have to have exactly forty cards in your deck. It's definitely at least forty. So he borrowed some crap cards from Joey but or whatever. I, I guess. But why did Joey have spare cards? They weren't dueling at the same time, were they? Yeah. Well, sometimes. One in in, one, in the finale of the tournament or near the end of the tournament, they had to duel each other. Oh, I don't know. Borrowed some cards from someone. They're on the island with the guy that invented the cards. You can get some. There's a gift shop. You can get some there. There's no gift shop. There's no buildings. Oh. Apart from one, the guy's one castle. Like I'm really trying here. Yeah, no, I know, but you've just found an actual genuinely interesting plot hole in this anime <laughs> from twenty fucking years ago. Like, huh? Yeah, that just doesn't make sense. He just throws the cards away. Like, does he get new ones? Does he? Does he replace those cards eventually? You I, maybe. You never see him use them again. Well, no, they're they're water damage and destroyed. No, like the Exodia cards. Like they, you said, another character had a bunch of them. Oh yeah, no, he doesn't get new copies of those cards. Why not? I don't know. Okay. He'd rather play the Celtic Guardian, I guess. Okay. <laughs> it just sounds like a really powerful card set. Yeah, you're right. The better question is why he doesn't run three of each of them. Then it'd be easier to get more than one in your hand. Get them all in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. House for Weevil. Slytherin. He's a generic bad guy. Cool. Rex. Also a generic bad guy. Rex. I believe his name is Rex Raptor. Mm-hmm. Does or- he have a dinosaur? He sure guy? does. How did you guess? Just a hunch. Oh, uh, I didn't even put on Mako Tsunami. He has a fish deck. What? No way. <laughs> uh, Rex Raptor is Weevil's partner in crime. Like Yu-Gi-Oh Bridge turns him into um, Beavis and Butthead. Fine. Um, he like in the same way that you Weevil is a rival to Yugi, Rex is a rival to Joey. And that they're not rivals, but that's who they pair up against. Mm. Um, he's the same character, but he's dinosaurs instead of bugs. Slytherin. Cool. Yeah. Tell me about Duke Devlin. <laughs> Duke Devlin, who in Yu-Gi-Oh Bridge, whenever he's on screen, I'm bringing sexy back plays in the background. Okay. He invented the game Dungeon Dice Monsters. It's a completely different game to Duel Monsters because it uses dice instead of cards. Okay, so there's an element of an additional element of randomness. All the monsters are the same as in Yu-Gi-Oh. You'd think it's copyright infringement, but here's the thing: in a flashback, he had a meeting with Pegasus, and Pegasus was going to license the game to produce. But then Yu-Gi defeats Pegasus, and he disappears, or in the original manga, dies. So Duke's like kind of mad at him. He's like, I will defeat you at this game you've never even played before. Which he doesn't. Yugi wins. I had some Dungeon Dice Monsters. Okay? They actually, they tried to make this work as a separate game. Oh. And just like in the show, nobody particularly liked it. I thought it was kind of interesting. The way you'd have, like, you'd roll actual dice and then you'd build a path across a, like, a represented dungeon to the other side. 
and all the pieces of the parts were like fold outs of dice, like in the way that an actual dice, a six sided die can unfold as oh, a net. Okay. I thought that was a really fun, clever idea. That's neat. Yeah, but. Didn't take off. Card games are better than dice games, I guess. Easier to keep them in your pocket? I don't know. Yes. Um, so he's the character I mentioned is uh, Tristan's rival for Joey's sister. Like, after okay. that point, he becomes their friend, and he drives a car, so I guess he's older as well. Sure. Age doesn't mean anything. It's anime. Yeah. So age doesn't mean anything. They go to school, but they still drive and own companies. Uh-huh. But I don't know why they go to school. They could have just made the characters all adults, and it would have been fine. Because it's got to be relatable for the kids. Kids are like, Yugi goes to school, I go to school. Yugi spends all of his money on pointless bullshit, I spend all of my money on pointless bullshit. Yeah. Duke is... I'm going to go Ravenclaw on him, actually. Because okay. it's not much, but I guess he's got a level of creativity and he's not actually evil like the other creator guy. Yeah. The game that you've described, this dice game, does sound like a Ravenclaw contraption. Yeah, it's dice. Dice... How thought take? Dice are Ravenclaw. Okay, sure. Yeah. Something about that predictable improbability, you know? Sure, why not? Tell me about Serenity. Serenity is Joey's sister. Cool. She's a girl, she's there, and she's a love interest. Hufflepuff. There's really not more to say. That's fair. She was maybe blind and then isn't? Yeah, she, like, appeared wearing bandages for a while. It was a big dramatic... Like, she wore bandages after having the surgery on her eyes, because, you know, photosensitivity and all. Yeah. And then it's a big dramatic moment when she rips off the bandages to see Joey win a card game or something. Ah, yeah. Does she have, like, really pretty eyes underneath? No, just anime. Just Just regular eyes. (laughs) Also, I think that Joey might have lost the duel that she ripped off the bandages to see. (laughs) The first thing that I ever want to see with my brand new eyes. My brother losing. My brother getting the shit kicked out of him and then getting his soul sucked out. Yeah, that's a sight to behold. Tell me about Shadi. Shadi is... Shadi like a melody in my head. Shadi is the biggest victim of Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge coming out in 2006. Because... His voice in Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged is Borat. Ah. Yeah. In my home country of Egypt. The kind of thing. Yeah. Fine. It's stupid. Shadi is the keeper of the Millennium Items. He might be magic. <sighs> Does he know that the items are magic? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, okay. like, he uses the Millennium Falcon. Scales in order to judge whether people are worthy of items or something. Okay. And, he kind of shows up to give cryptic advice every so often. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if maybe, maybe the show explained more about him, and I can't remember or I missed it. But he's kind of just mysterious background guy. So I guess Ravenclaw again. Okay. Yeah. Keeper of knowledge and things. I guess. Uh, tell me about Ishizu. Ishizu. Ishizu is how my brain flipped the <laughs> U and the I. <laughs> wow, what are you dyslexic or something? Apparently. Which mean apparently you know you are. Yeah. Ishizu is Marek's sister. She's the one who gives Kaiba the obelisk, the Tormentor card. She doesn't give Yugi a card or anything, because why would she want to help the protagonist? And she shows them the giant rock that tells them about the past, because she knows it because she was in Egypt. And she, like, I think she actually might have... She might have actually moved the rock to Japan to put in the museum exhibit from her tomb or whatever, so that Yugi and Kaiba could see it and understand what's going on. Maybe? Or that might just be a headcanon that I just made up. <laughs> Um, Your guess is as good as mine She has the Millennium Necklace That allows her to see the future Apart from when she duels Kaiba And she's like I see the future and I know I'll win And then Kaiba wins And it's like Oh shit 
she wants to help Yugi and Kaiba stop her brother. I have another question. Please. Um, okay, so she has this necklace that lets her see the future. Uh-huh. Yugi has... Millennium Puzzle. The puzzle. Does that give him a cool ability? Yeah, it gives him a second bot person. But that's the same as uh, the guy with the ring? Yep. So how come she gets something different than just an extra person? I don't know. It Because there wasn't a soul captured inside it, I guess. Also, uh... So in reality, it lets he them, got the really shit one. It lets them do, like, all kinds of magical bullshit, like mind crush people. I guess. I forgot to mention, Merrick uses the Millennium Rod in the show to mind control people. Mm. Sometimes, not all the time. Um, which in the flashbacks was uh, Priest Seto's Millennium item. So he's like, what the shit? Why are you going? Why are you trying to help this fucking loser guy when you're supposed to be my Millennium item, Rod? Get with it, Rod. Yeah. Hey, Rod. Rodney. Roger. <laughs> Get with it. Gosh, imagine how terrible your life must be if your nickname is Rod because your actual name is Roger spelt with a D. <laughs> what a shit life. It's the same as you get like Jack from John. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like it's just, it's a it's a phonetic nickname rather than some people definitely spell the name Roger with a D. Do they really? Yeah. I've never seen. Well, I've never seen anyone spell the name Jocelyn with an S. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about <laughs> Odeon. Odeon is the adopted brother of Marik and Ishizu. Uh, he basically serves as Marik's henchman in command. His number two guy who just does whatever Marik tells him to do. Apart from, like, right before he gets his soul sucked out temporarily and he's like, No, you must save Master Merrick. He's very loyal toady type. Slytherin like Crab and Goyle, I suppose. Okay. But he's buff. Will you also tell me about Rebecca? Rebecca Hawkins is a girl who shows up in the in-between parts of season one and two. I, I, she might not exist in the manga at all because she's in a couple episodes around that time. And then she's a main character in season four and the first half of season five, which are all anime-exclusive parts. Uh-huh. Uh, she's introduced as like a little girl who has a teddy bear. She pretends the teddy bear's talking for her. And she duels Yugi because uh, she accuses Yugi's grandpa of stealing the Blue-Eyes White Dragon from her grandpa. Turns out they were friends and they did that ex- expedition together. And her grandpa gave Yugi's grandpa the Blue-Eyes White Dragon card as a thank you for not letting him die when they were trapped in a tomb together and Yugi's grandpa gave him the last of their water. Ah. So he's like, cool, in thanks, have this trading card. To be fair... Pretty there, sick Pretty sick card. There are only four of those cards in the world. Yeah. I don't know how he got it, but we know now how Grandpa got it, and that's the important thing. Mm. When, she comes ba- when she comes back in season four, she's replaced the teddy bear with glasses, and now, instead of hating Yugi, she's in love with him and is obsessed with him and wants to be his girlfriend and stuff. Yeah. And it's a much more appropriate relationship than it would be with Taya because they're the same height, but she might be like six years younger than him, maybe. Yeah, it sounds like this is like a little girl with a crush. Probably, but who knows? It's anime. And she wears glasses. Mm. So she's smart. She's a Ravenclaw. Okay. Because she wears glasses and that means she's smart in season four. Cool. And five. Tell me about... Bandit Keith. Bandit Keith is a very minor side character from the first season and a bit of the show. Uh, he's American. Okay. He wears a bandana on his head. That's the American flag. And uh-huh. sunglasses. Yeah. His catchphrase in Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridged is, in America. Yeah. Uh, plot twist in Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridged. It turns out he's Canadian. Um, he's mostly here because he's funny in Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridged. I don't fucking know Slytherin. <laughs> And finally, JD, will you tell me about Karibo? Karibo. 
It's mostly here because little Karibo. Creator of Yugi Airbridge. Right, okay. Karibo is one of Yugi's cards. Not his signature card. It's a it's like a really little it's like a little fuzzball monster. Like I'll show you, I'll show you a Karibo quick. I feel like I've seen this. You probably have. Somewhere on the internet. I've been on the internet. Oh no. no that's that's a, that, not what I was okay. To be fair, that's not it. It's more like that. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Um and so like it the whole point of this card is you throw it away in order to protect yourself temporarily or whatever. In the when is it relevant? In the in the in the digital world arc when they become Digimon, I guess. Okay. Um, this is Yugi's Digimon. Kinda. So the whole thing of that arc when they're there is they have deck masters. So they they choose one monster from their deck to represent the deck who has a unique ability that you could never possibly learn outside of the rules of this one variant. And it, like you can play it at any time, but if it's destroyed, you lose the game. And Yugi is going to select Dark Magician, but instead his Karibo card just comes to life and chooses itself for him in the digital world. It's like, it's like okay, I guess it's a weird digital thing. Sometimes he has a dual spirit. It's more of a thing in the sequel show with the, the protagonist character of the sequel who has winged Karibo. But it just kind of hangs out and he's a little fuzzball and he goes, ooh, ooh. And it's kind of cutesy. He's a cute little guy. Hey, this is Hufflepuff, I guess. I don't fucking know. Why not? Alright. And that's Yu-Gi-Oh! Dual Monsters Assorted! This was a lot. Yeah. How much <laughs> do you know? How, how much more do you know about Yu-Gi-Oh now? Um, I'm not retaining any of this. Good. You shouldn't. <laughs> I don't want any of this to live in my brain. I wish it didn't live in mine. <laughs> my brain feels like soup. Oh, uh, like, good. Like a card game soup. <laughs> I'm glad your brain is soup, Alex. I would like you to take that soup and use it to help us sort it out. Now, one thing you could say is that Harry Potter characters, instead of having duels where they hold their wands and shoot lasers at each other, is they should play children's trading card games. Um, I sort of. Um, the way in which I was considering sorting Harry Potter out was that actually it's an anime now. Okay. And it's just like a lot of yelling. Sure. I think Harry Potter would work really well as an anime. Go, yeah, go for it. Explain how how, how what, what impact would this have on it besides presentation? It's mostly just presentation. <laughs> but it would be better. But than... it would be better. Are you replacing the book, the movies, or both? Both. Okay. Harry Potter no longer exists. Uh huh. Except that it's an anime. Hmm. The author doesn't exist. Well. It's some studio in Japan. Um, but yeah, they can have like duels mm. and like it's like really cool animated all, fight scenes. All of Quidditch was was part of a filler arc. Yeah. Like that the reason Quidditch makes even less sense than most of the stuff in the series is because that was made up by the anime writers as a filler arc that didn't happen in the manga. Yeah. Which is ironically the opposite of what happened in the books and movies. It's like Little Witch Academia, but um not as good. <laughs> Mm. Uh, not as wholesome. <laughs> like you gotta give me, give me something. I'm sorry. Here. Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm just picturing it in my head. Right, that's not very good podcast. No, it's not. <laughs> Describe um, it or something. I don't know. It's really colorful. <laughs> it's really animated. Hedwig can talk now. Hedwig can talk now. But she's, only Harry understands her. Yeah, she's Harry's like little sidekick. I mean, it's just you got like all the the classic like they they go to a school and they all wear uniforms, but everyone wears their uniform a little bit differently, so you can tell which characters are the main characters. Mm, mm. And I don't. Maybe they play really dramatic card games. I don't know. I didn't think this out very much. I just think Harry Potter would be cool as an anime. Okay. Harry's got, like, a destiny. True. To defeat Voldemort, who's this bad, evil guy who, like, does shit. 
much more monologuing. Yeah, everything's happening in bullet time. Cedric dying is like top ten saddest anime deaths. Yep. It they like like Leomon, they replay the scene of him dying like oh, all yeah. the time. The flashbacks are are insane. So you, you just get you get so many flashbacks. A lot of the concepts in regards to like weird like Harry having dreams about Voldemort and stuff, mm-hmm. where they're like sharing a consciousness a little bit. Yeah, like that makes more sense for some reason <laughs> because it's anime. Okay. And so, like, it's less weird. It's just a thing that's happening. Okay. Uh, You're not going to question it. (laughs) But the fact that this only started happening... Well, I guess it's once Voldemort has a body again, it starts happening. Mostly, it happens a little bit before that. Why wasn't it happening his whole life? So it happened in Philosopher's Stone, because they were in the same building. Mm. Um, And, like, it happened whenever the back of Quirrell's head was pointed in Harry's direction. Because I guess Quirrell's turban was made of two-way mirrors... And Voldemort could see through it and could see Harry. And so he'd be going, there's that fucking bitch boy. I've decided that Voldemort sounds like the PS5 guy. (laughs) It's me, boy, the Voldemort inside your brain. I mean, that's how we fix Harry Potter. Harry Potter would be better if Voldemort was, if Voldemort was Yugi's version of Yami Yugi, but he's a bad guy still. And then, like, Voldemort's kind of just hanging out in Harry's shadow all the time. Yeah! And then you get, like, the arc where, like, Voldemort, like, detaches and yeah. becomes his own villain. And then he becomes the big bad. Yeah. And, like, that's the whole thing. And that's where C- Cedric dies. And Cedric is a bigger character. Like, you gotta get really attached to Cedric mm. leading up to that death. Yeah, you really should have in Harry Potter too. <laughs> Probably should have, instead of introducing him in that book. He wasn't introduced in that book. He was introduced in Prisoner of Azkaban. He beat Harry at Quidditch. Yeah. Do we ever see him outside of that? He was really nice, and he wanted to call off the match. Oh, right. And then he he wished Harry luck in his next match against Ravenclaw. He was like, oh, you got a good broom. Yeah, so we're doing more of that. Yeah. Uh, More, man, you you, you get, like, your sports anime seasons. You get your your cool magic effects. I like how I I earlier said Quidditch is all just filler arc. And you're like, but Cedric's a major character. Oh, I guess the, the, the qu- qu- Cedric in that was added in the anime to, like, expand on his development. Yeah, we get to know okay. Cedric okay. better. Yeah. I Forget the anime. Uh, Cedric is a better <laughs> character. I'm fixing Harry Potter. Cedric is a better character now. He's in it more. <laughs> We're really attached to him. He's this really nice guy who's just there and has been helping Harry, like, supporting him and encouraging playing Quidditch, even though they're on different teams. Also, they're boyfriends. <gasps> and also, they're that's another thing anime would add to Harry Potter, like the uh, the sexual tension. Yeah, I, I feel like you didn't think there was good sexual chemistry, but you didn't think there was good chemistry between Daniel Radcliffe and Bonnie Wright. No, I need anime blushies actually. I can stay in here too if you like. Your shoelaces. <laughs> oh, poor girl. Bonnie Wright's a good actress. She is. She was not given good direction or writing. Mm. She wasn't written like she didn't play Ginny Weasley. No. At least not in the final few films. She played, she played Ginny in the first few films. Yeah. Anyway, there's like there's cute blushies. Yeah, blushies are good. I like blushies. And like sparkly eyes and things. <gasps> like like just You like... have your mother's anime eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like like really exaggerated expressions. Oh, uh, you know Harry's got to have like purple eyes or something instead of green then. Probably. So you've got to give him like super special eyes. He has eyes like most anime characters have hair. Yeah. Rainbow eyes. Yeah. 
his mother's eyes. Yeah. Also, you do like big up his hair to be anime style because it's like that just plays into it being messy hair anyway. Right. This is what I'm saying, but like I can just sort of picture it. Yeah. And it's just like it's a good time, and I'd I'd watch it. Speaking of watching, you're listening. But thank you for listening to Hogwarts. Thank you for listening to Sorted. I'm tired too, maybe. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network, such as... Green Mountain Mysteries. Cult Classics. And our other show, Pokemakers. Thank you to Matt Majekimo, the one from Wheel of the Fuse of our theme song, the House of Awesome theme song. And if you agree or disagree with our sorting or my anime ramblings, you can find us on Twitter, at SortedPod. You can also find us both individually. I'm at CodenameJD. And I'm at Pachu, P-T-C-H-E-W. And while you're there on Twitter, tweet at us your favorite Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and I'll sort them. Oh, actually, you know what? We'll sort them. I'll give you my sorting of it, vaguely understanding Yu-Gi-Oh-ish, and Alex will give you her sorting on vibes. Yeah. I've got to say the word vibes. Because we haven't said it at all in this episode, and it's like the new thing that I say every time. This is a vibe-heavy podcast. Yeah. We're always talking about vibes. Yeah. Bye! Bye! Start a new house and it's called awesome. Start a new house, it's called awesome. Start a new house and it's called awesome. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Cinema's hottest podcast is home viewing. What are you doing? This show has everything. Please stop. Blu-rays, DVDs, dog sounds, <sighs> guest this episodes. This isn't working. But you know what does work? Discussing our entire film library week by week in alphabetical order. <sighs> I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And this is Home Viewing. Wednesdays on the Pocket Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs>